Thank you for checking out the Real Life Columbus podcast. Real Life Columbus is a student ministry of North Highland Church in Columbus, Georgia. We exist to help students know that Christ has reached down to us with love, provide a place students can be engaged in community, and help them advance in their faith so they can lead others to Christ. For more information or to connect with us, please visit our website, www.realifecolumbus.com, or check us out on social media at Real Life Columbus. Real life. Love you guys. How's everybody doing tonight? Who's ready for the word of God tonight? Say yeah. Want to welcome my parents in the room. This is parents night. Welcome all, all of our parents. Wave at me. Say hello. Love you guys. Thank you for being with us tonight. You are important to us and your students are important to us too. We're about to get to it. I'm going right into God's word. Y'all ready? I'm going to pray, and we're going to get to it. God, thank you so much for the dramatic presentation that we just saw. Thank you for your anointing. God, we pray that tonight would be the night where things change. God, I pray tonight would be the night that makes a difference in our lives, that tonight we make a new, fresh, powerful commitment to you, Jesus. Bless your word. Anoint my lips. In Jesus' name, and everybody shouted, amen. Tonight is week three in our identity series. This is the new real life. And tonight is advance and lead. We are real life. We are reached by the love of Jesus, engaged in Christian community. We advance in our faith so that we can lead others to Jesus. Can I get an amen? That's who we are. That is our identity. And I'm just going to warn you, I'm getting right to the point tonight. Because tonight, I believe that too many of us have had a God tweak in our life. But too few of us have yet to have a God transformation in our life. What I mean by that is I think too many of us have had little things changed and tweaked. And, and tonight I'm, I'm not talking about a, a behavioral modification. Tonight I'm not talking about an attitude adjustment. Tonight those are a tweak that God does in our lives and changes us. He advances us in those ways. But tonight I'm believing God that he is going to transform many of our lives tonight. Can I get a witness? That's what I'm believing for. I'm believing for transformation. God loves you too much to allow you to stay the same. I believe that with all my heart. And we love you here at Real Life too much not to challenge you to be transformed by the power of God. Tonight, Matthew 5, 14, it says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You are our future. You are the future of America. You are the future of God's kingdom. Our understanding of God should compel us to share it with everyone around us. You were created, young person, to shine. You were created to be an attractive example of God's love in this world. This, this is a, can we just all agree that this is a dark world that we live in? There is stuff that we have to face every single day that is just difficult to face. Are, are y'all with me tonight? We have to go through things that no young person should have to go through. But God has called us in this verse in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light. You are the light for the darkness that's in this world. Here at Real Life, we believe that you were created to advance in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We believe that. That's a part of our core, of who we are, our DNA, what makes us tick as a student ministry. And I am, 
I'm an interesting hybrid because um, I, my name is, is Jonathan Criswell for our first time guests. I'm, I'm so glad you're with us tonight and I'm so excited that you're here um, because you're getting something different. I am not your typical person, your typical youth pastor because I'm an I'm a interesting hybrid because I am an evangelist but I'm also a pastor. My, my role in my heart, I believe that God has called me to be a mouthpiece to this generation. I believe God has called me to be a, a spiritual translator because y'all know y'all been to some churches where it's like the old folks are, are getting lit up front. They're like waving their hands. Grandma's got her hanky out going like this. And, and y'all are like, what in the world are they saying? You don't even know what's going on. I believe God has called me to, to be a translator to help you guys understand what this word means and what God has for your life. Uh, God is, has called me to be an evangelist and a pastor all at the same time. I, I, I believe that um, reaching the unreachable should be a part of, of my everyday life. I want to reach the student that, that no one else wants to reach out to. That's a part of my evangelistic heart. I, I, I ask God daily to give me the strength to love the unlovable. I ask God to help me to accept the unacceptable. I believe the love of Jesus can embrace those who are abandoned and give them a new family to thrive in, and that's real life. I believe, and, and I want someone to be encouraged tonight, someone who's discouraged. I, that's a part of who God has made me to be. I know the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to put back together broken people. I believe that with all of my heart. I absolutely love to see people get saved. That's, that's why I am an evangelist, a missionary to your generation. But I'm also a pastor because I am just as passionate about the person who is forgiven and set free to advance in their faith. I want them not just to get saved and get their get out of hell free card, but I want you to grow from that moment on. I want to disciple you and develop you and make sure that you are not dying spiritually, but you're growing spiritually. That's my pastor's heart. I believe that God does not save us for us to, to stay the same. He desires that our faith be advancing. And I'm a pastor because I know that when much is given, much is required. We've been given so much in the grace of God, in the blood of Jesus. Calvary's cross was not cheap. And because of that, I know much is required of all of us who have been blood-bought and saved by the Lamb of God, who was slain for the sin and took the punishment that you deserved. When much is given, much is required. And in saying that, I believe that being a disciple of Jesus Christ and leading others to Jesus should never be separated. Being a disciple who's advancing in your faith, being someone who is growing in your walk with God, and being someone who is leading others to Jesus should never be separate. It's a marriage. Evangelism and discipleship should always stay together. See, your growth and your development in advancing your personal faith in Jesus is what enables you to lead others to Jesus. The way you grow is what empowers you to actually be effective in leading someone to Jesus. Amen? Our desire at Real Life Student Ministries is for you to fall so madly and deeply in love with Jesus that it transforms everything. It doesn't just do a, a simple minor adjustment where maybe you don't sin as much. 
Falling in love with Jesus should change everything about you. That's what happens when you realize that you have been taken from the dominion of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of light. That changes everything. When you know that your name is destined for hell, and then by the blood of Jesus, he writes your name in the Lamb's book of life to live in eternal bliss with with God Almighty himself, that should change everything. And when, when that transformation takes place, we pray that others would notice and desire what God has done in you and in your life because you are called to be the light of the world real life. You're called to be the light in this dark time. Tonight's scripture that I want to share with you guys, it's in Mark chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me there. I'm going to show it on the screen in just a second. Tonight's scripture shows us what transformation looks like, and it reveals to us how to get it. It reveals to us how to get it. Jesus encounters a group that wants him to heal somebody. And here's how it goes. The story, it's up on the screen for you. It says this, Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Ten Towns. It says a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him. And the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. They begged him. And I I want you to hear this very closely. Jesus led him away. Everybody say, Jesus led him away. Jesus led him away from the crowd so that they could be alone. See, I want to first and foremost tell y'all, y'all can't read scripture like y'all read your homework, okay? Can I, let me just preach for a second. When you read God's word, I know when you got that American literature class that is just kicking y'all behind even three weeks into school, and you've got five different books that you're reading all at the same time, you better believe you're reading your book and you're like going through paragraph and paragraph and all you're thinking about in your mind while you're reading, you're actually reading the words, but all you're thinking is blah, 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 what's on Netflix, blah, 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 what am I going to do tonight, blah, 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 oh, Clay just texted me, oh, blah, 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 that's all, I'm telling you tonight, you can't read God's word like that. You got to pay attention, pay attention tonight. You know, I, I, when, when, when I read God's word, I ask questions of it. And I want to challenge you tonight to ask questions of God's word. This, this scripture got me thinking. Because as I'm reading, I'm thinking to myself, first of all, all these people are begging Jesus to do something. And, and I get it. They heard some, some good news that this healer is in town. And so they knew this guy's sick. And so uh, common sense, bring him to Jesus. But then it says, Jesus led him away from the crowd so that they could be alone. And I thought to myself, why in the world is that? Why in the world did Jesus take the man away from the crowd? Have you ever noticed, and I want you to ask these types of questions when you read scripture, have you ever noticed that people will have a strong opinion on how you should live your life? People will have a strong opinion on how you should live your life. This morning, Jubilee asked me a dangerous question. We were in the bathroom getting ready, and and the next thing I know is she walks out, and she's got an outfit on, and she asked me, honey, does this look good on me? And I thought to myself, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? She said, I I was reminded of Pastor Dennis's sermon the other week, to to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Hallelujah. 
she said, does this look good on me? Because she had concern, and I just kind of said, <laughs> just, and, and almost instantaneously, she, I didn't have to say a word and thank the Lord. She was like, okay, I'll get something else. I'm like, oh, praise God. Because <laughs> that, that shirt was not working, babe. I'm sorry. I love you, but you're beautiful. It was crazy. It was, that is just a never, you're never going to win, guys. Never going to win with that question, okay? Because if you say yes and it's not a good shirt, then all day long she's like wondering why her best friends are looking at her like, why in the world are you wearing that, right? People will always have a strong opinion, and that's one of the questions y'all get all the time, right? PJ, I like your shirt. Why are you wearing that? PJ, you trying to look like a teenager? Because it's working. I'm like... Why are you trying to tell me how to live my life right now? Come on now. Hey, y'all understand this. Or, or you got your earbuds in and you're walking to your next class. Hey, what are you listening to? Why are you listening to that? Or, or, or ladies, how about this? Um, why are you hanging out with that person? I thought you were my best friend. Right? Why in the world are you talking? Why are, why are you talking to him? Because I thought we were talking. And now you're talking to him, and you're supposed to be my best friend. Like, what in the world? People will have a strong opinion of how you should live your life, right? Or, or Pastor Juan is constantly telling me, hey, PJ, you need to watch this on Netflix. And I'm like, Pastor Juan, you are crazy. You watch, uh, this guy's got three children. You think I got a lot of time to watch Netflix? I'm sorry, with your single life, get, you better get married, Pastor Juan. People will have strong opinions on how you should live your life. And I'm going to bring it back to God's word right now because I find it interesting that Jesus was the one with power and authority, but the people were telling him what to do. Did you catch that? Jesus was the one who had all the power and all the authority, but the people were trying to tell him what to do. See, we have the power available to lead our lives, but we allow others to lead it for us. Something tells me that this was an unhealthy motivation that this crowd had because there are only a few times in God's word, uh, only a couple select times where Jesus actually removes the person from the atmosphere or the environment he's in to heal them. Jesus, the scripture says, led him away from the crowd so that they could be alone. And I just want to give you a couple of the examples of, of the very few times, because most of the time Jesus was like, I'm not scared of nothing. I'm going to heal. Oh, y'all think these lepers should, are untouchable? I'm going to heal them right in front of you. I'm actually going to touch the untouchable, and they're going to be healed. And y'all are going to be amazed because I don't care what you think. That's how Jesus normally was. But something tells me this group of people, this group of individuals had something in the environment that was unhealthy. Here's another example. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus healed a man named Jairus' daughter, and, and here's the scenario. Here's what happened. Um, Jairus was a man of faith, and he came to Jesus. He said, look, God, 
my daughter is about to die. She's so sick. Will you please come? And so what happens is Jesus is walking with his disciples when he comes and he says, sure, I'll, I'll come heal your daughter. Let's do this. And so they start walking. And the next thing they know, they're in a big crowd of people. And, and this is what happens. This woman who's had an issue of blood for years comes and sneaks through and works her way because she believes that if, if only I touch the hem of his garment, surely I'll be healed. And so all of a sudden she's going and they're on their way. And, and the next thing she does is she touches the hem of his garment, and immediately she gets healed. And Jesus is like, what, what just happened? Who touched me? Power was released. And the next thing that happened is their disciple, his disciples were like, what are y'all talking about, Jesus? You're crazy. Look at all these people. And it slows everything down. And, and the woman with the issue of blood is healed immediately. And, and Jesus tells her, your faith has made you well. Go and live in peace from this day forward. And what an awesome miracle that took place. But then as they continue to go to Jairus' house, a messenger comes and says, hey, Jairus, you may want to stop bothering the master because your daughter's already dead. It's over. Don't, don't bring him because... She's dead. And in that moment, Jesus looks at him, and he said, have faith. Let's go. And they get to the house, and the house is full of people that are mourning and weeping and saying, oh, my God, how did this happen? They're, they're preparing themselves for a burial. They are so full of doubt that anything good can happen from this situation. They're even playing instruments like it's depressing, y'all. And in that moment, Jesus walks into the house and kicks everybody out and says, y'all got to go. And as soon as everybody gets out of the room, the environment shifted. And he laid his hands on the girl, and she came to life and was healed. See, tonight I've come to tell you that, that if Jesus can get you in the right environment, he can bring even dead things back to life in you. There's another one. Um, we, we can't, I've come to challenge us tonight that we can't be okay with spiritual death anymore. We've got to understand that we serve the God who is the God of the resurrection. He's the God that can take something that is dead and bring it back to life. In Mark chapter 8, another example, some people brought Jesus, a blind man, and he took the man so far out of town because the town was so corrupt. The environment in the town was so terrible. He had to take this man all the way outside of town. And he did something unorthodox. He spit into the man's eyes and touched him, and his sight was restored. There had to be a powerful stronghold in that place for Jesus to take him completely out of the town to heal him. And so tonight, these examples in God's word, they teach us that an environment that advances your faith is vital to your transformation. An environment that advances your faith is vital to your transformation. What are you talking about? How does this apply to me, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Tonight, I've come to challenge you, so be ready. Maybe the reason you have not advanced in your faith to the point of genuine transformation is because you've kept to yourself in an environment that prevents transformation. Many of us in this room What's an example? What are you talking about, Pastor? Many of us in this room can quote more inappropriate lyrics to songs than we can Scripture. You're feeding your ears with trash 
constantly, but you won't ever open your word. You're not in an environment that's conducive to transformation, and you won't put yourself in one. Last week, we emphasized the importance of engaging in Christian community and that if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I believe one of the biggest dangers to us advancing in our faith and leading others to Jesus is partial commitment. Just partial commitment. Man, I love Jesus enough to get out of hell free. But that partial commitment doesn't transform us. People will have strong opinions on how, to li- how you should live your life. You don't have to give that up. Hey, guys, we can, we can live it up. We are young. YOLO, come on, I know that's old, but you only live once. We are young, and so let's live it up while you can. And when we're out of high school, then we can really get committed. When, when we're done being teenagers, that's when people will really see us for who we should be. I've come to challenge somebody, stop being somebody you're not and start being who you've call, been called to be tonight. In this story, the crowd that wanted something was a crowd that wanted something good, but they didn't recognize the price they had to pay to get it. They didn't recognize the price they had to pay to get transformation. See, I, ha- I heard a powerful quote this week, and it says this simply. It says, if you want to grow in God, it's not complicated. It's costly. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, it's not complicated. It's costly. See, my speculation, and this is my interpretation of this portion of Scripture, my speculation is that these people had the right things in mind with the wrong motivation. And my guess is that these people wanted to be put on the map and recognized for the good that they were doing as opposed to bringing glory to God. I think they heard that Jesus was a healer, that he was someone who had power and authority, and I thought, I think to myself that Something had to be intrinsically wrong with this group for Jesus to say, you know what, come on, let's go. We'll do this in another place. The crowd, see, here's some good things that that the crowd you live in on a day-to-day basis want for your life. Popularity is a good thing. Praise the Lord. Can my popular folks get an amen? It's good to be like, come on, y'all. Y'all are some cool people in this place. Ain't none of y'all popular, huh? It's good to be popular, right? It's good to have friends. It's good to know a lot of people. That's what, that's what the crowd that surrounds you says. Popularity is one of the most important things to our generation. Acceptance is a good thing. It's good to be accepted. It feels good. It feels good to, be, to belong, to be appreciated. Good thing. Success is a good thing. Getting, getting good straight A's, that's a good thing. Scholarship, can we say hope? Praise the Lord. Success is a good thing. Love is a good thing. Hey, y'all. I love my wife. My wife is awesome. She's the love of my life. Baby, you are beautiful. You are incredible. You are brilliant. You are that. You're the only thing I look at. You are the only thing I desire. You are the most incredible girl. There is none that compares to you. You are awesome, and I love you. I've been married 13 years. Tonight is going to be a good night. Hey. I love you, baby. Love is a good thing. 
Here's what happens, though. Our culture and our generation and the group that we run with, they take good things and they twist them. They take good things and they say, you know what? Sex is awesome, but it's, it's not for a covenant. You better kick the wheels before you drive the car away. Yeah, th that's what our culture says. They take a good thing and they distort it and they twist it. And tonight, if we could just realize that sometimes the crowd wants good things but is not willing to pay the price to get them in the right way, we would not allow them to have such an influence in our lives. If we would realize that, when we become men and women who are dedicated to advancing in our faith, we will not be willing to trade the altar for the platform. When we're dedicated to advancing in our faith, we won't just want the platform because so many of our generation, that's another problem with, with our crowd is we want to be seen, we want to be recognized. But the problem with that is the, the platform is not effective until you find God in the altar. We can't be a generation and we cannot be a youth ministry that trades the platform for the altar. All glory is God's. Amen. All glory is God's. Let me tell you tonight that I have no ability to save anyone in this room. I have absolute, I can have eloquent speech, but if it's not the Holy Spirit speaking through me, then what I say means nothing. My words cannot forgive sin. Only the blood of Jesus can forgive sin. I am nothing. I am only a humble, willing servant of the Most High God. And the only thing that causes me to be effective in reaching your generation is the fact that I have found Jesus in my quiet time. I have not traded this platform for that altar. And some of us, the reason we have not experienced the life-changing transformation is because we would prefer to stay in the limelight when God wants us to be in the altar. The moment we try to keep the glory for ourselves is the moment he's going to take the miraculous aside and say, I love you, but I've got to take this over here. And my prayer and my fear, God, don't ever allow that to happen at Real Life Student Ministries. Don't allow us to be a generation and a people, a movement that is more concerned about the limelight than the altar. Our faith in Jesus has to be more than popular belief. It has to be more than just a security that we're not going to hell. I'm going to invite the band to come as I close. It has to be transformational, and it has to be growing. What you feed grows, and what you starve dies, young person. I've come to challenge you tonight that you will not advance in your faith until you learn to get away from some things. You will not advance in your faith until, like Jesus did with this person who was deaf and, and mute, couldn't speak. You will not get, a, get an advance in your faith until you get away from some things. Tonight, young person, inappropriate sexual relationships will stop you from experiencing the transformation power of God in your day-to-day -day life. All it will do is leave you empty beaten up and bruised on the inside, shattered emotionally. There's a reason God has called us to abstain from sexual relationships until marriage. It's because that covenant bond, that covenant commitment is everything. See, it's not complicated. It's just costly. 
It's not complicated to grow in your relationship with God. It just costs us something. The gossips that are constantly making fun of people and degrading people and destroying people's self-esteem, that is not an environment that is conducive to your spiritual growth. You should not be a part of any of it. If you are in a circle of friends, you're in a text thread where you're in a group text messaging group, whatever you want to call it, I'm sorry. You know what it is. Y'all have been a part of it. If you're in it and it's degrading and derogatory and putting people down, you need to leave that tonight because it's not conducive to your spiritual growth. You will not advance in your faith if you continue to participate. You know what the scripture says about gossips? It's that we should remove ourselves from them. Sometimes you're, you won't advance in your faith until you get away from some things. Can I just be real tonight and say get away from the weed? Come on, y'all. Get away. Stop placing yourself in environments where that stuff is available. Here's what it is. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit stimulus that, that is the exact, it, it's not the exact, it's trying to be what an experience in the presence of God is. It's a counterfeit. And you know what counterfeits are? They're worthless. They have no value. It's worthless. So get away from it. Stop going to those parties where you know you can get it quickly and easily. Come on, man. Be aware. Be aware of what you're feeding your spirit. And what, what do you watch on Netflix late at night when your parents aren't watching? On your own account that you got a lock on, whatever it is. On your Xbox that gets to the internet that your mom doesn't even know you can watch the internet on. What are you feeding your spirit? What do you have on your Spotify playlist, on the websites you visit, on the social media that you follow? Because I've come to tell you tonight, you will not advance in your faith until you learn to get away from some things. Until you learn to get away with Jesus, here's, here's what will happen. You will be deaf to the voice of God. This man that they brought to Jesus, he was deaf. He couldn't even hear the voice of Jesus. And until you learn to get away, you'll be deaf to the voice of God, unable to hear him when he's constantly speaking to you. And you will be mute, unable to effectively lead others to Jesus, just like the man was. See, if you desire to advance in your faith, you've got to get alone with Jesus. If that's your heart's desire, if you want more than just a, a small little change, if you want a transformation in your life, then you have got to get alone with Jesus. This is what happens when you get away from the crowd and get alone with Jesus. The story continues, and this is what happens. It says in verse 33, it says, He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Oh, man, that's kind of weird, y'all. That is awkward. But here's the thing, when you get alone with Jesus, he will get uncomfortably close. He'll get into the things that you know that no one else knows. But when he does that, everything changes. Look up, he looked up to heaven and he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means be opened. 
And instantly the man could hear perfectly. His tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. Do you hear that? When Jesus transformed someone, the news begins to spread. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is so wonderful. He, he even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those he cannot, who cannot speak. See, when we advance, it not only changes us, but it also changes the people around us. When we get alone with Jesus and we actually spend time in his altar worshiping and praying and, and communing with the God of the universe, it transforms us in such a way that everyone around you will notice. See, every life-transforming encounter that I've had has been in that one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus, alone time with Jesus. The very first time, I'll never forget it. The very first time I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God. You know where I was? I wasn't at a church service. I was in my bedroom listening to worship, praising God in the quietness of my house. When no one was home, no one was watching me. But I was on my knees worshiping my God. And in that room, there came such a flood of power, such an anointing in that room, that it radically transformed my heart. For the very first time when I was all by myself, I spoke with tongues because I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and something in my life transformed when I got alone with Jesus and from that moment on my life's never been the same see on the, the the encounters the most powerful and transformational encounters that I've had with Jesus is when it's just me and him you better believe I'll never forget the time where the Holy Spirit was so heavy on my heart that I had to confess for the very first time some of the sins that I'd been holding on to, even though I knew God was my Savior, even though I knew that Jesus was my Lord. There were sins in my life that I was still holding on to and embracing. And I'll never forget the feeling where the Holy Spirit conviction was like a, a hundred-pound plate on my chest. Just me and him, and it was a hundred-pound plate on my chest where I, if I didn't tell and confess and, and repent and, and get it off of my heart, man, it, the weight was too much to bear. And that happened when I was getting alone with Jesus. See, you'll find the strength. You'll find the courage. You'll find the motivation to get the junk out of your life if you find the time to spend alone with Jesus. Man, I love to get in this sanctuary and pray. I love to turn some music on and get lost in here. And I'm telling you tonight, young person, every powerful message that I've communicated, every powerful word, every, every quote that you've tweeted on social media, you better believe that every single one of it doesn't come from my mind. It comes from my relationship with Jesus. It comes from spending alone time with him. You can praise God for that because it is him. I'm going to invite the adult leaders to come right now and line this altar. We're about to pray. But guys, I, and as they're coming, I want you to stand to your feet with me. We're about to close. Guys, in this story, give me your attention just for the next few moments. No talking. Guys, when the transformation happened in this man who was deaf and, and mute, when this man 
it, this transformation happened when the man was alone with Jesus and the word, the word began to spread like fire. His ears were opened and he, he was able to speak and everyone around was led to Jesus. Can I tell you tonight, young person, that the private ministry you received from Jesus will unlock your public ministry to the crowds he's placed you in. I'll say that again because y'all didn't amen that enough. The private ministry you received from Jesus is what will unlock your public ministry to the crowds he's placed you in. It's not complicated, but it's costly. You will only lead people to the Jesus you've met with privately. You will only lead people to the Jesus that you have personally met with privately. You will only advance in your faith to experience transformation if you learn to get away from the crowd. Tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed in this moment, no one being a distraction, no one looking at your phone, this is a moment God has set up for you tonight. Tonight, God is calling us to a deeper walk with him. Not only do we need to be more culturally relevant as a student ministry, we need to be more spiritually profound because we've gotten alone with Jesus and he's transformed us completely. We've got, we, we are a cool ministry. We are, we've got some awesome things. We've got some talented musicians. We've got some lights and we've got some social media experts. We've got awesome t-shirts. We do cool things like fall retreat that's coming up. But if that's all we are, then God is not pleased with us and he'll take the miraculous away from this group. We've got to be culturally relevant, but we've also got to be spiritually profound. God, have your way right now in this moment. I know you want to do something significant in our lives. There's someone in this room you didn't expect to come here and be transformed, but God's going to transform you tonight. You didn't come into this room expecting to completely have your life revolutionized, to completely have your reputation changed, to completely be restored and healed. You came into this room with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame, a lot of heaviness on your heart, and you didn't come expecting transformation, but, but that's how much Jesus loves you is he's going to allow you to walk out of this room transformed. Some of us have yet to experience the transformational power of Jesus because we have yet to have a one-on-one -on -one experience with the love of Jesus. Tonight, you're in this room. I've come to tell you that Jesus loves you. He wants to transform your life. I've come to tell you, you don't have to live with the shame of your past anymore. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and lived a perfect life, a sinless life. The Bible says he was tempted in every way. And in every way, he overcame that temptation and was perfect. And the, the cross of Calvary, a punishment that you and I all deserve, is what he took to pay the price. See, it's not complicated, but it's costly. If you're in this room and you've been deaf to the voice of God, this is what I... This is my conviction for tonight. This is what I've been believing for all week long because some of us in this room have been living our life. The last three weeks of school, we have been walking 
with deaf ears. We haven't heard the voice of God. We haven't heard the, I love you, daughter. I love you, son. Our ears have been spiritually deaf because we've been filled with an environment. We've allowed the culture and people around us to tell us how to live our life. And now we are walking in spiritual deafness, unable to hear the voice of God whispering his love song over your life. You're in this room and you're unable to because you haven't spent any time alone with Jesus for a long time or ever before. You can change that right now. Normally what I do is I ask everybody to close your eyes and raise your hand and then I pray a prayer with you. But here's what needs to happen tonight. I feel this very strongly. God, I pray that faith would arise in this room because I'm challenging people in this room that have been deaf to the voice of God. You've been far from a relationship with him. You know that if tonight was the night where a tragic thing happened and you passed away, things would not be right between you and God. Tonight, I've come to challenge you. You have got to do what Jesus did in this situation. If you want the transforming power of God to function in your life, then you better get out of that crowd and get up here alone with Jesus right now. So I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I'm going to count to three. And I, I believe in this room there is a multitude of people that need to get their lives right with Jesus. And the first thing, we're going to do two separate altar calls. But the first one is if you need the Holy Spirit of God to forgive you, if the weight of sin that you've been carrying is too heavy to bear anymore, I'm going to challenge you to get out of your seat and come, and we're going to pray for you. God, right now in this moment, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is convicting our hearts right now. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is drawing people into your kingdom. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I know that there are young men and women that need to have an intimate, one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. So God, right now in this moment, I pray that, that courage would arise in this room. God, I pray right now that your word would come true, that your word would come to life, that young men and young women would have the boldness and the courage to step out of their comfort zone, to get away from the crowd, and to come find a place of transformation at the altar right now. So on the count of three, if that's you tonight and you want to give your heart to Jesus, you don't want to just walk out of this room with a little attitude adjustment or a little behavioral change, but you want to walk out of this room fully transformed, able to hear the voice of God, which will enable you to speak the truth of God. On the count of three, I want you to come. One, nobody's going to look down on you for doing this. This room's going to erupt with applause because we love when people get saved. Two, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So if you are afraid to get out of your comfort zone and make Christ your king tonight, that's the enemy of your soul because God does not give you a spirit of fear. And the last thing that God wants to say before you make this bold declaration of your newfound transformation is Jesus said it very plainly. He said, if you deny me in front of your friends, I'll deny you in front of my father. So tonight, it's the night, not just for a simple little tweak. Tonight's the night for transformation. Three, if you need to accept Jesus Christ, come right now to this altar. If you need to be transformed, come on. Let's worship our God. Come on. Come on. 
Come on. There's more than that. Come on. Get out of your seat. Get out. Tonight is your night to transform. Tonight is your night to advance in your faith. Come on. Let's worship our God. Let's worship our God.